You're listening to Three Kitchens, a member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Join your hosts, Aaron Walker, Sarah Somosundaram, and Heather Dyer to talk all about home cooking. Today's episode of Three Kitchens is brought to you by Park Power. In Alberta, you get to choose who to buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. If you choose Park Power, you are choosing a positive local business. Plus, Park Power shares its profits with local not-for-profits that are working to make a difference for their communities. Shopping local is very important to Park Power's owner, Chris Kozowski, and we love local here at the Alberta Podcast Network, so it's a great fit. Learn more at parkpower.ca. Hello, listeners. We are back with a new episode of Three Kitchens. I am your host, Sarah Somasundaram. Okay, I have kind of a funny question to ask you guys, and I want to see. Do you guys have any, like, superstitions or any, like, laws or rules that you follow when you're cooking in the kitchen? So let me maybe share a couple of mine to give you an idea of, of what I'm talking about. I don't know where it comes from, but... When I salt anything, like when I put salt into my pasta water, you're supposed to throw like salt over one shoulder or the other. Right. I, I don't yeah. know which shoulder it is. So when I salt my pasta water, like your hands are kind of moist and my salt is sticking to my hands. And so whatever's left on my hands after I salt my pasta water, I go flick, flick over both shoulders because I have no idea which one. But now it's this habit that I have. And so I, I don't know if it's superstitious or something, but I do it now all the time when I cook. It's a habit. It's a habit now. And, and I also have a rule in my house that when you put the rice on, you don't touch the lid to peek on it until it's done cooking. Okay. Okay. And this is something that Mm. me and my husband don't agree on. And so when he's in the kitchen, I, I have, and we're cooking rice. I'm like, don't touch the rice. And I have my spoon and I'm like swatting him away. And he's like, well, we have to check on it. And I'm like, no, you leave the rice be. You just you set it and you forget it. Okay. I don't think that's a superstition though. Like, are you worried something bad's going to happen? That's more a law. That's more, a, that's <laughs> right. like the Laws law and in superstitions. the kitchen. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do you guys? I don't really have any of those little things, but I just did a quick little um, Google salt over the shoulder. And here's what I see mm. just at the top of the list. There's probably many different kind of histories and whatever about it, but it says here, the French throw a little spilled salt behind them in order to hit the devil in the eye to temporarily prevent further mischief. (laughs) In the United States, some people not only toss a pinch of salt over the left shoulder, but crawl under the table and come out the opposite side. (laughs) I've never heard of that one. (laughs) No, I'm not that weird. I'm a little bit quirky. I'm not yeah. crawling under my table. God, no. I think it is always to ward off evil, evil. or like something. Yeah. I just find it interesting that the devil, you know, causes all this destruction, but he's taken down by a pinch of salt being thrown yes. into his eye. <laughs> Man, if it were that simple, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When it comes to the rice, it's so hmm. interesting because I know Sarah uses a cooker, so she doesn't have the lid to mess with you keep yours tight obviously I have to keep mine cracked I cannot Ah. if I put it on because I have a gas burner I think that's why Mm -hmm. it will bubble over if I put the lid tight it makes a big mess but if I keep the lid cracked the steam can come out it cooks fine okay and I can open it and look at it it's no problem 
because it's cracked already. Maybe that's the going to smack you with my spoon. If you're in my kitchen doing that, man, <laughs> well, I won't, I won't do it at your house, but some people do say that don't touch the lid. Do you have any weird things, Sarah? Are you with the kitchen stuff? No, I don't think so. Okay. I was wondering if there was a feng shui thing that you did in the feng kitchen. Shui. There are feng shui things like you can't allow your uh, knife to point to your stove and stuff like that. But, but for me, oh, um, wait, what? Yeah, I didn't know your that. Knife cannot be pointing I'm pretty sure toward I have your like stove. Seven knives pointing towards my stove right now. <laughs> However, one thing that I get very paranoid about is I don't like when people chop stuff up with a sharp knife and then leave the knife right on the counter and walk away because I'm always afraid that it will fall right? or someone will be careless or someone will move something and then that knife will fall right on your toes. I don't know why that's like a thing for me. It's never happened to me. It's never (laughs) happened to anyone in my household, but it's a constant fear. So Hmm. I actually take the knife and I put it away. I put it away every time I walk away from it. I have a habit of putting mine above my cutting board. Because right. I, I feel like if it's above the cutting board, then there's no chance of it slipping and falling. And Yeah. And see, for me, it'll be like someone will accidentally push that cutting board and then the knife's going to fall the other way. Hmm. I, I don't know why. I have no island. Maybe that's why I have no kitchen island. So I don't know. And it's going with the slope of my house as well. So the knife is naturally (laughs) going towards the It's going to slide toward the wall. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe, maybe I'm just a little weirdo then with my, with my salt habit. No, a lot of people do it. (laughs) It's just a habit. It's cute. Isn't it then you have to sweep up there's salt on the floor. Well, you it's step not like on I'm the taking floor. a whole handful. It's and I bet you most of the time there's not even salt on my hand. It's just doing an air gesture, an oh. air salt. <laughs> it's like an air kiss. Yeah, it's sort of pointless. Yeah, yeah. yeah I have, it's not like my floors are clean anyway. With two small kids helping them uh, oh. whatever they want. Ugh. <laughs> and they swept up this morning too. I I saw them with a broom, mm-hmm. and still they yeah. I mean they yeah. try. They try. I'll have to take that. So Sarah, I want to know what Sarah's going to talk about. I don't even know where you're going. I don't either. This Sarah opened up her Dishoom cookbook, one of the mm. toughest cookbooks I have in my collection. I, I'm terrible at promoting this book, right? Like we all know this. Oh, Sarah, maybe it's just you. I've cooked from Dishoom. It's so easy. <laughs> yeah, that was an easy one. <laughs> you sent me an easy recipe. <laughs> Probably the only easy one. No, there are a few easy recipes in this book, um, but I do recommend it. Mm. It takes some time to get to understand this food. And so Dishoom is basically a Bombay, so Indian cookbook. And it's mainly based from uh, Bombay food, a food from Mumbai. What part of India are we talking? North, east, south, west? Heather, can you help me out with that? That would be... It's on the coast. Is it? Is that west? I think it's west. And I think it's kind of mid part of the country. I'm terrible with geography. That's why I'm putting you guys on the spot. <laughs> yeah, in terms of cuisine, I would have no idea. It's a big city. It's very um, modern in a lot of ways. So I imagine there's a lot of influences. It's really interesting how many influences there are because you've got like the Persians that came in. You've got the Portuguese. I think there was a Portuguese element. You've got the English. And so I heard that it's a really interesting town. Lots of good food. I will just tell you that the dish called Bombay duck is not duck. Don't be fooled as I was when I went there. No one told me. It is is not duck. It's a type of fish. 
Oh, with with a ton of bones in it. Oh, oh you didn't you didn't enjoy that? I did not enjoy it. It was uh, hard to eat. Hard to eat. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we thought it was actually. We honestly thought it was going to be duck, and nobody corrected us when we <laughs> ordered it at a restaurant. And then here we were, like, what the? What is? This? And they were all just in the back, pointing and laughing at the two oh, girls sure. in the corner, trying to. <laughs> yes, probably. That's like prairie oysters. And if you guys don't know mm. what that is, look mm. it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's not oysters. Does not come from the ocean. <laughs> no. So anyway, um, I'm picking what I would think is a little, I would say time consuming, but okay. it, we're going to make a big batch of it. But I think it's one of the simpler ones. Okay. So I'm making a onion tomato masala, which is kind mm. of like, think of it as a kind of a chutney but it doesn't have Mm. vinegar in it. Okay. Why I want to make this masala is first of all, it sounds delicious. Mm -hmm. And then I'm actually not going to put this in any sort of Indian food. I'm going to use this as a condiment for something else. So let's talk about chutneys, relish, all that stuff. You use a little bit, it's very flavorful and Mm -hmm. you add it to something else, right? In smaller Mm -hmm. quantities, right? So that's basically what I want to use this for, and I have a few ideas. It's kind of like the thing that completes the dish. I think so. I think it's that massive, like... It's that step up. It's a step up, exactly. Yeah. The zhuzh up. (laughs) The zhuzh is it up, yeah. Because you can make any meal, and then all of a sudden, when you add that sauce to whatever you've made, it always, I don't know, it's those little things that like really take it to the next level. It's those flavors that, Uh I don't know. I've always thought your cooking so impressive because you always make all these sauces that, that embellish. Would you call it a sauce or is it like a, it's like on the side. It's not like you wouldn't pour it over or no, it's not a thing you pour over. So it's so, it's so concentrated in flavor by the time you're done cooking this, Mm -hmm. that you don't even use a lot of it. And I, I happen to love this one of these chutneys, Paul. It's made with mint, coriander, and chilies, green oh. chili. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's so good. It's my one of my favorite pickles or chutneys or whatever you want to call it. And then I, I love the mango pickle too. But with that particular coriander mint one, I put a lot on my plate. I, mm. I don't think other people maybe eat it like that, but I can't help it. And do you make that yourself? Is that something you make? I usually buy them. But ah. I'm planning on making more because I have this cookbook now. Mm-hmm. Usually when we share a recipe from a cookbook, you know, out of respect for the people who write up these recipes and, you know, for proprietary stuff, we don't really share the quantities and the ingredients. But in this case, I can mm. because this recipe has been released on the Internet. And I'll tell you who you're going to go look up. And this guy's just so funny. He has this website called cookthebooks.ca. Okay. okay. That sounds like something completely different. Cooking yeah. the books. Cooking the books. <laughs> sounds like for accounting nerds or something. Yeah. yeah, like illegal, illegal accounting. This person has, I'm looking through the uh, cookbook collection that he likes to cook through and they do not look like easy cookbooks. So what he does is he goes and he buys a cookbook He promotes it through his website by releasing some of the recipes. I take it with permission. And he bought Dishoom. (laughs) And uh, so go look look up Google Onion Tomato Masala Dishoom. 
and you will get shown the website cookthebooks.ca. Okay. Uh, and then you're going to go into his website, uh, that web page with that particular recipe in it. Now, his whole thing is to pick a whole bunch of recipes from these books, complicated books, and cook basically a dinner party Ooh, menu. Oh, fun. That's a fun idea. Oh, yeah. very nice. He's cooking butter chicken, onion tomato masala, which is what we're going to talk about, lamb biryani, uh, raita, which is a cucumber salad. Right. I am telling you right now, listeners and co-hosts, do not do this. Just make one thing because oh. this making a whole bunch of recipes from this book is complicated. Wow. And is he doing this all in one for one meal? Yeah, he's making oh it all in word. one word. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I find it enough just to make like, but if I'm going to make butter chicken, that's like an all day event. <laughs> yeah, about, yeah, yeah. Know? So he's yeah. very ambitious. So does this also mean ambitious. you're not making all of those delicious things for us, Sarah? Uh, no. <laughs> How many days do you want me to spend in the kitchen? As many as it takes? I don't know. <laughs> Some of these recipes do take days, but I, I still do recommend it. I think that if you're an ambitious cook, you want to take your cooking to another level. Why I like this book is that it explains why you do things. Ah, uh, yeah. And mm-hmm. what, what it does to the flavor profile. So I really enjoy their cookbook. Um, they have a restaurant. Dishoom has a restaurant in the UK, I believe. And that's how they got popular. Right, right. So they know their stuff and it's a popular uh, restaurant there. So if you want the recipe ingredients and quantities, go to cookthebooks.ca and look up onion tomato masala. Ignore every other <laughs> recipe he's talking about and just go to the onion tomato okay. masala uh, part. However, he has halved his ingredient okay. quantities in his website. So ah, I'm okay. going to go with the one in my cookbook because I have to share with you guys, right? Mm. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about the ingredients first. You want right. lots and lots of vegetable oil for this one. Hmm. A lot. What kind of vegetable oil would you recommend using? I like grapeseed. That's what I use. Oh, okay. Right. Nothing that's high in flavor, not like olive oil or something like okay. that. Right. You want Spanish white onions. It talks about garlic paste and ginger paste. And in this cookbook, it tells you to refer to a different page where you take a whole bunch of garlic and a whole bunch of ginger and you mince it up and then you store them. If you're someone who doesn't use garlic and ginger pastes like this in a lot of cooking, don't worry about it. Just take the quantity that the website has told you about and just make it into a paste with some of the salt from the recipe. Okay. Do you do this in your mortar and pestle? Mortar and pestle, mm-hmm. put some okay. salt in, put some garlic in, and then it'll end up um, mincing into a paste. Yeah. Okay. Right? Same thing with ginger. You've shown me how to do that before. Yeah. When I've and it works you. really well. It works right. really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then you, chili powder, merch chili powder. It's a milder one. Merch. Okay. Use whatever chili powder you have that you enjoy. Tomato puree and chopped tomatoes. Okay. Now the hardest thing about this recipe is just basically one thing and it's how to cook those onions down without burning them. Okay. Ah. So this is something I've always found hard to explain without showing someone when I'm cooking Indian food, how to cook onions without burning them because they kind of, it's very different from caramelizing onions in the, in the European way. 
Let's put it that way. Okay. Okay. So let me just read something that they wrote up about it. Maybe you will understand a little more about it. So caramelizing onions. In comparison to European methods, our process for caramelizing onions is hotter, faster, and oilier. Okay. So the onions should be diced finely, and the process should take about 15 to 20 minutes. Caramelizing onions usually take about 30 the uh, European method, and the heat should be fairly high. This is the difference. Pay attention and stir the onions very frequently. They need to cook evenly and without any parts of the mixture beginning to stick or burn. So one magic pot that I have that makes my heat distribute evenly is my wok. So I'm going to make this in a wok. But if you're doing this on a flat pan, just make sure that all the oil is heated up before you add the onions in. And then you want to constantly stir it because one side of your pan will always be hotter than the other, right? That happens. Are the onions cooking in the oil and not touching the pan? Is that what you're kind of going for? Because in your wok, you're submerging the onions in the oil. And if you're constantly moving them, you're getting them to cook. I think what they're trying to say is that you're not letting it sit in one place at for too long because then you will find that the top will cook differently from the bottom the left Uh, side will cook Mm. differently from the right but Mm -hmm. because my wok doesn't have a flat base yes it's sort of curved up that should take care of the heat distribution like okay does that make sense is it a lot of oil like are you kind of deep frying these onions or in his website he uses half of it which is about 150 milliliters of vegetable oil for about 600 uh, grams of white onions. It's a lot, right? I'm, I can't really picture that. In my, yeah. I can picture the volume. I can't picture the onions. <laughs> that kind of stuff I will let you know uh, after okay. I cook. And I will also let you know what, uh, what the garlic paste and ginger paste, instead of making a whole bunch, I'll tell you approximately how big that ginger and garlic has to be. Mm-hmm. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah. So yeah. you don't have to make extra or whatever. We take that oil, we warm it up for a little while in your wok or your pan, and you add the onions. You want it to start bubbling like it's, it's water, and then you want to keep mixing this, um, and you want it to cook down. So you're basically getting all that water from the onions evaporating. Um, right. Okay. It sounds messy. <laughs> Are you going to cook this outside? I would... <laughs> I don't it think it's going to sizzle like that. You want it to caramelize to a deep brown color. Now, that's where this website comes in uh, handy because he's got pictures of what color you want to get the onions to. Oh, okay. Okay, which is very, for me, that's visual. Those yeah. visual tips are great, right? Yep. I think you should do a little video to, just to show what it looks like when this is bubbling and going... Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. You don't want it to burn, right? You don't want that bitterness mm-hmm. of the onion. You want this to be a sweeter chutney, right? And this should take about 20 to 40 minutes, it says. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Then you add your garlic and ginger paste again. Make sure you're stirring because you don't want that to burn. You add chili powder, tomato puree, salt. Well, you've already put the salt in your pastes if you've done. So you don't have to add the salt again. And then stir, stir, stir. You add the chopped tomatoes okay. and you stir and you cook it for about 20 minutes. Again, so you, again, you're reducing those tomatoes. If the 
pan gets a little dry, you add a little bit of water into it just to keep it hydrated. And what I'm going to make is quite a large amount Mm -hmm. with apparently a lot of oil in it. You're going to let it sit in a jar, cool it down, put it in your fridge, and then you're going to use that oil for something else. You're going to actually cook with that oil and you're going to eat the onion tomato masala for some other dishes. It's sort of going to separate into two layers, Ah. the oily part on top, the onion and tomato mixture on the bottom. With the onion tomato masala, I can't picture exactly how much I'm, what kind of quantity I'm going to be making. You can put this in your refrigerator for a week, or you can freeze it in individual quantities that you can make, uh, that you can use later down the road kind of deal, right? Nice. Oh, handy. Thing I'm really excited about is I want to use a couple of recipes that are dishes that we tend to make over the summer, but yeah. I want to use this to see if it intensifies the flavor <gasps> of those things. And for that, you'll just have to wait. Ooh, nice. <laughs> but uh, you'll get a little container of of this masala, and I, I hope I hope it turns out good. It Mm. does say very, it's very important that if you think your onions are burning, it's done. It's over. You got to restart. Yeah. Oh, buy those extra onions. (laughs) Yeah. Let me see if I can maybe come up or measure the uh, temperature of the oil just to make this easier because this is fairly easy. It's a very straightforward recipe and it makes a lot. So you don't have to be making this all the time. And so if I can come up with maybe the the temperature of the oil, we're good to go. Yeah, good idea. Yeah. Now, do you think your onions are going to maybe take a little bit longer to release all their moisture and do their stuff because of altitude? It could. That's something you're, yeah. Yeah, it could. Um, He did mention that. It looks like he, this is a Canadian website that reviewed their book mm-hmm. and he did mention that it took longer for him so let's wonder see. where he lives there's a big I difference wonder. between like vancouver True. and calgary True. So. yeah i'm not sure but yeah no i'm very excited about this and i know exactly what i'm gonna make it for so, well yeah. i can't wait to find out what you're gonna put it with yes mm. and, and then what great. what we should put it with when we get our sample what are we gonna put it with then i'm also Perfect. gonna make okay. you guys make you guys something with it. Oh, yay. <laughs> I'm so excited. This is a great thing to do with our tomatoes when we get them at the end of the season. You know, when we yeah. get stuff out of the garden, you know, we use as much as we can fresh, but then there's always that like, okay, I've eaten 12 pounds of tomatoes this week. I can't possibly eat another one. Right. <laughs> and yeah. I still have all of these left. Listen you know? to her. Listen to her bragging about her <laughs> tomato <laughs> harvest. I'm lucky if I get them to eat fresh off the vine i can buy them at the farmer's market that's, that's the true. thing is, is <laughs> when they come in fresh and they're on sale I, I mean even if they're not coming out of my greenhouse or my garden which i don't know how successful they'll be this year you know it's always i buy so many and so much and then it's like oh now what do i do with all this well now we yeah. have something save yeah. it and preserve yeah. it and keep those fresh flavors because yeah. i'm looking at the flavor profile you've got garlic you've got ginger you've got a little bit of chili powder just a little bit a tomato puree and chopped tomatoes and onions. How can you go wrong with that? You can almost taste yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Right? It'll go with everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just expect it to be 
super duper flavorful because of the way that you're reducing and enhancing all these flavors by like concentrating them down. Yeah, no, I I, want to start making more chutneys out of this book because really I only have the energy for these ones. Some of these, (laughs) some of these recipes are just too yikes for me for now, for now. Yeah. So wish me luck. Good luck. Uh, You got this. You're the sauce master. If you ask me, (laughs) you're the sauce lady. (laughs) this is going to be so good i can't wait to can't wait i can't wait what this goes with and Mm. you're making us food on top of it i am and it's going to be it's going to be a substantial one a substantial meal Mm -hmm. oh yeah that sounds great masala simply means mix so masala this dish up with whatever cuisine you like burgers hot dogs a topping for pierogies or on top of an egg This episode of Three Kitchens is brought to you by ATB. At ATB, we make banking work for you. With expert and practical advice in everyday banking and investment planning expertise and management services with ATB Wealth, you can be confident that you're making smart choices when it comes to your money. We have a history of doing what's right for our clients, especially when times are tough, because ATB was built to help Albertans. For more information, visit atb.com. Okay, ladies, we're back. I made my onion tomato masala and it's something I'm going to keep making. I actually went to the grocery store and bought more ingredients oh, oh. to make a second batch because I successfully finished all of the stuff that I made, even yeah. after I gave away a lot. Um, nice. And I use it in so many dishes and we're going to talk about how the recipe turned out and mm-hmm. then what I put it in. Just for a review, when we when we were talking about cookthebooks.ca, the guy that did the this recipe, he sort of did a half recipe. If I were you, I would make a full recipe okay. because um, it's worthy. I think it's worthy. Ah. <laughs> it doesn't last for very long. <laughs> no, I'm going to talk about this, the recipe I used, which was double of what um, he did. Okay. So, oh, okay. uh, right. So 300 milliliters of oil and about 1.2 kilograms of white onions. And so that ended up being about five and a half large white onions. And they're mm-hmm. huge right now. They're I noticed big. them at the store when I was shopping. Large. Yeah. I was happy that they were big onions. And there was a lot of this because I had a s- suspicion I was going to like this a lot. Yeah. Um, so we talked about garlic paste and ginger paste, right? Mm-hmm, and this mm-hmm. is the stuff that you sort of mince down in your mortar and pestle kind of apparatus. So just to take a little bit of guesswork out of it, I used about seven cloves of garlic with the tops cut off. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being about 42 grams of garlic whole. Okay. But when I minced it down, it ended up being about 36 grams. Okay. Which is what you want. And then okay. you've got your 30 grams of ginger paste. So just think mm. of um, the seven cloves of garlic ended up being about 36 grams. So something a little less, you know, this it's cooking. You don't have to be exact about everything, yeah. right? Yes. And then uh, one and a quarter teaspoons of chili powder of your choice. I didn't use anything spicy. Mm-hmm. Uh, 30 grams of tomato puree, two teaspoons of sea salt, and 600 grams of chopped tomatoes. 
And so I guess this depends on what kind of tomato you use. But yeah. I got, I tried to look for the name of this tomato, but it's called tomato on the vine. Oh, Have okay. you seen these? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they're yeah. about like, they're not quite as big as a beef steak yeah. tomato. They're s smaller, but they are uh, the same sort of shape. And that was about six tomatoes. Did you blanch your tomatoes and remove the skins first? Or did you just dice them up and put them in skins and all? I diced them up and okay. put them in. So we're going to talk about uh, okay. how I did this because I, I like to take uh, shortcuts. <laughs> now you're talking. <laughs> Speaking my language. <laughs> so with the tomatoes, I did chop them up by hand, right? But with the onions, I threw them into the food processor oh. and I chopped them up that way. The only thing you want oh. to sort of keep in mind with that is just keep the size of the onion approximately the same, right? Yeah. You don't want big bits and small bits. So like I always stop the food proce processor. I'm sure you guys all know this sort of um, stir the mixture around and then start up the processor again. I, I used my wok. And I put the oil in. Of course, in the beginning, I was really <laughs> worried because this is one very important thing in the recipe is do not burn the onions. If you do, you're throwing out that batch, right? right. And you're starting all over. Yeah, with a lot of onions. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I got the temperature of the oil down to 95 degrees Celsius. I don't okay. know what that is in Fahrenheit. I didn't do the conversion. And if you get it to that... Throw the onions into the oil, not throw, it's hot oil. <laughs> <laughs> Carefully add them to your pan. <laughs> Carefully add them in. This is really odd. There was no splatter. There was a boil. The oil boiled. I think mm, we spoke about yes, this. Yes, right. And, and then you want it to get down to sort of a deep brown color. This took me about 50 minutes of constant stirring. Five zero fifty. Yeah. 50. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. like almost an hour. Yeah, almost an hour. Okay. And so if you want to know what color I'm talking about, what, what color the onions have to be, go mm -hmm. to that website that we were talking about previously. And okay. there's a picture of that color. You know, what I ended up doing is um, my family was around me. We put some music on. We were chatting. I poured myself a drink. And I just stirred. Like, had a nice little time <laughs> doing nothing much else. There you and go. then you add your ginger and garlic paste. They say you, you sort of saute it until light golden brown. This doesn't take very long. This takes about 10 seconds, I would say. <laughs> and then you add your chili powder, tomato puree, you sort of stir it around for two minutes, right? Then you add the chopped tomatoes. And this took me about another 20 minutes to sort of get all of that mixture now reduced down to, right. to what I wanted. Mm -hmm. It was done. There was so much of it. I gave some to you. Yes. And I gave some to another friend. And I had two large jars of it left. So one of the jars I froze. Okay. And one of the jars I kind of knew what I was going to do immediately with. I ended up making burgers with this as a topping. Yeah. And if you look at the pictures on our social media sites, you'll see what I did with it. And mm -hmm. I made some tashoom gunpowder fries as mm. well. Yes. 
on the side and I served it with a mayo and salted lemon mixture for the dip for the fries. So let's talk about that. That's the stuff that I served to you guys. What did you think? Mm -hmm. We got to come over and sit on the deck like mm -hmm. civilized people and have yeah. lunch together with yes. yeah with ice in our drinks and like yes. we just felt like <laughs> yeah. man this has been a while since we've done something like this and it was so nice oh no and the kidding. food it was like being served at a restaurant it was like it, yeah oh amazing yeah it was the full restaurant experience it yeah. was so good you served us our plates and you went back inside to go grab something and heather and i were sitting there and I was like, I have, I have to grab a pinch of this off the top of the burger to, to taste it. Cause I think we yeah. thought it was going to be spicy because we weren't really sure. Oh. And we, we were both like, oh, it's not spicy. <laughs> no, <laughs> not spicy at all, but delicious. No, like but really delicious. Wow. Really delicious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it was the perfect topping on top of that burger to, mm -hmm. oh, to add that flavor and the acid to the fatty, juicy burger. like. Boom. So yes. good. that was a great point. So this onion tomato masala, I feel goes with anything that's kind of fatty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it will go great on a hot dog, fry an egg and put some on top of it. Oh, right? yummy. Mm -hmm. uh, and th then you, and then put that on toast and have mm -hmm. a great breakfast. And um, so I did one more thing with it. If you have listened to the cooking with fire episode, uh, I split a chicken the Francis Malman ways. Mm, yes. Mm -hmm. And you guys can marinate it with however you want to marinate a roast chicken. The nice thing about this masala is it doesn't have a profile of a particular cuisine. Like I don't find it's a very Indian like flavor profile. Like it yeah. sort of goes with everything. Yeah. But in my case, I sort of marinated it with some turmeric and some masala spices and lots of garlic like Francis does, and ginger, and I put it under the skin, and I put a little bit of a preserved um, lemon juice on it. I mean, come on, guys, you've got to get your preserved lemons, because that's <laughs> <God>. <laughs> always the theme. That's um, the entry point to this podcast. Preserve yeah. some lemons, and then you can join us. <laughs> that's right. And I marinated it overnight. I cooked Ooh. it on the barbecue. Uh, so, you know, no, no cleanup. I love that. And then I opened one of the jars of whatever I had remaining in my fridge of this um, onion tomato masala. And then I just sort of poured it all over the chicken mm. and it went beautifully. And that picture as well is on our social media site. So um, take a look. It's really delicious. I even made a little extra lime cilantro chili chutney and I kind of drizzled that on top and it was just oh. such a gourmet dish and that chutney is from Dishoom as well mm. so as much as I like to complain about how much work this cookbook gives me <laughs> I mean really you are presenting some pretty like 10 out of 10 kind of recipes mm. to your guests and family right like I mean their yeah. recipes are amazing amazing mm -hmm. yeah and I mean one the first time you do it it's always complicated the second time it's not going to be as complicated you're going to understand it a little more which is why I'm making more mm -hmm. onion tomato masala uh, this week awesome and I won't be as afraid yeah as long as you keep that oil at about 95 degrees celsius you're good to go 
I have to get, I, I assume you use an oil thermometer for that. Yes, I yeah. did have an oil thermometer. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the next um, kitchen tool I need to invest in because I haven't done so as of yet. One thing yeah. I did add it to is I put it on top of rice one night. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Oh, what kind of, I can't remember if we had basmati rice or if we had sticky rice. We had it on the, I made some beef stuffed peppers nice. and, you know, those are nice and fatty and juicy. And I just needed like a little extra condiment because the rice seems so plain. And I was like, oh, mm. I know the perfect thing for this. And mm. I popped it out. It was so, so good with the rice. So good. This stuff mm. is really oh, delicious. Yeah. Great idea. Even the kids, you know, because it's got such a onions, tomatoes, garlic, ginger. Those are kind of like base line flavors yeah for anything and everything so just popping it on top of the rice and oh it just added such a great deep flavor yeah well I put mine in the freezer at my jar because we were heading out camping oh, so yes. I haven't uh, I haven't cracked it open yet I just tossed it in there as we were going out and yeah. um I'm looking forward to I don't know what we're gonna put it on now now you've given me lots of ideas I put them on tacos <laughs> and so I, I put them on everything. This is why I don't have any left. Um, I really oh. enjoyed it. But talk on tacos was a really, really good, um, another good mm. ad. That's no kidding. Mm. Mm. Delicious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would totally make it. Now that I know, like I know that kind of the trick with the onions, mm -hmm. just to just to be patient. I think that's part of what I sometimes have problems with things where I'm not patient to like sometimes it's hard to adjust the gas stove to the right temperature right. and then to keep it there yeah. is sometimes challenging and to be I also need to invest in a walk I'm to the point now where I I don't have a walk and I really need a walk so I'm gonna get a walk I really find it helps to have the temperature so thank you for that the temperature thing is so key to a lot of recipes that I didn't really know that before that totally. it was really important and you know the temperature is going to fluctuate up and down because as it reduces now the temperature of the oil mm. is going to go up and don't worry too much I mean adjust make your adjustments but I, just, I found like not even one bit of onion got mm. burned in this so <sighs> it it was surprisingly simple not to burn the onions. I, I was extremely nervous about this, but I was not going to make a mistake. <laughs> I was not throwing away five and a half onions. Mm -hmm. That's where I think the walk is key. Because I think about perhaps, the shape of it perhaps. and how everything stays in the oil. Because when you yeah. mentioned this during our first recording, as I've been cooking, I've been noticing when I'm frying up onions that the onions don't tend to brown or or burn overly when they're in the oil, it's when they get stuck at the edge of my pan. Right. Mm -hmm. As soon as the water starts evaporating out of the onions, it's burning right then and there. I think what really helped, surprisingly, was the amount of oil. Ah. Hmm. Because all the onions were in the oil. And as long yeah. as you keep that oil temperature a certain level, it doesn't burn. Yeah, it was right. really surprising. So. I think that this recipe, if you don't have a wok, so I think a Dutch oven would evenly distribute the heat well with the oil. And I think you could, you don't need a wok for this one. I, I would mm. do it in a Dutch oven next time, probably as oh, okay. well. Like just try it out. Right. Okay. Which yeah. is this week. Yeah. So mm. try this out. This is good. Good stuff. Good stuff. And if you make a big yeah. batch of it, 
my um, thoughts are that maybe sort of freeze them in smaller quantities than I did. I mean, I oh. used it all up. But if you sort of use, freeze it in smaller quantities, like maybe in ice cube trays oh, yeah, or great something idea. like that, then you mm -hmm. can like, take a little ice cube out, um, warm it up and fry an egg. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. your breakfast. Yeah, yeah, great idea. Zhuzhed, your zhuzhed up breakfast. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you're good. Zhuzh. And you're good to go. The way that you put it on burgers when you served it to us at um, mm -hmm. Casa de la Serra, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> it was, it would be the perfect type of condiment. You know, when you go camping or you're making burgers at like somebody's place and doing a potluck or a backyard thing. You know, you don't really want to be washing the lettuce and slicing the tomato and mm. pickles. And, you know, like that's a lot of stuff to put exactly. on top of a burger, right? And it gets complicated yeah. when you're packing and taking it with you somewhere. And so yeah. if you have your burgers and this thing to throw on top and you're doing this mm -hmm. at somebody's place, like all you have to do is scoop it on and it completes that's right. all those flavors that you want on top of your burger or yeah. on a hot dog. Totally. I agree. Or, you know, like it's the perfect little quick condiment that just zhuzhes <laughs> your backyard barbecue game right and yeah, great idea you don't have to handle it and it's just a spoon and a dollop and you're done yeah absolutely totally. and before i forget i just also wanted to say that when i did these burgers on the barbecue Ooh, yeah. i put a skillet on and i took the oil on top of the tomato onion tomato masala I threw it on the skillet that's how I fried up my burgers yes and then I took the buns and I soaked up the rest of the oil. oh nice and so that gave an extra like you know yeah something that if you're doing it at home that would be if it's simple to do that otherwise just grill up your burgers however you do them and just throw the masala on it'll work too delicious mm, great idea yeah Glad you enjoyed it. This was a winner for sure. Yummy. Yum, yum. So guys, like get your favorite tunes on and, um, you know, pick a time of day where you're okay just standing by the stove for an hour. You will not regret it. This is good stuff. Try it out. Thanks, Sarah. Till next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and now for the fine print. You can find recipe information and photos on Instagram and Facebook at Three Kitchens Podcast. Why don't you leave us a comment? Give us ideas for future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, if you'd like and subscribe and follow, all of those things help other people find us. Put this masala on everything. Yup, everything.